Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, The Heart of Sacrificial Giving. And this is a subject matter that's going to touch all of us, all of us, deep down in our hearts. And I pray that you get something out of this, because I really enjoyed putting this together for this us for this this today for today so as always i read the promotional material it starts like this when growing up a common slogan often said is live for today and hope for tomorrow today another more common phrase recognizes two differing categories of people the haves and the have-nots if we live for material wealth and allow the world to define our worth we're living out on a limb. Material wealth passes away, but spiritual wealth is being in a rich relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior, Master, and Lord, and for all eternity. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's the New International Version. We have the promise of an abundant life, and God promises to provide our every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, this is, uh, we might go over a little bit over the 15 minutes, but if we do, just hang in there because I think it'll be worth it. So money drives many of the decisions we make moment by moment, hour by hour, and for sure on a daily basis. Think about it. When we shop for groceries and clothes and other essentials or necessities, there's a decision about money. When we plan vacations, there's a decision about money. Sometimes the type of job we seek is about money. And on Sunday morning, the Lord's Day, a decision must be made concerning money. Statistics indicate that approximately 85% of all consumer spending in the United States is by women. And the purchasing power of women in the U.S. ranges from $5 trillion to $15 trillion annually. My resource is girl power marketing. No matter who manages the money in our households, the women in each household has a great deal to do with the whole family's ability to give sacrificially. Today I want to explore the account of the poor widow's sacrificial giving. It is recorded in two of the Synoptic Gospels, the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke. So in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, New International Version, it reads, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Verse 42 says, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. 
Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. And verse 44 says, They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And the second account is in the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, again, the New International Version. Verse 1 says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Verse 2 says, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Verse 3 says, truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. And verse 4 says, all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So the same account worded just a little differently, but the gist of it is that Jesus notices our giving, number one. He knows our giving. He knows if we're giving out of abundance or if we're giving out of poverty, and he also knows the heart condition behind our giving. So there is a difference between giving out of surplus versus giving out of poverty. These two accounts are unique because it is what Jesus actually observed and used as a teaching moment for his disciples. His lesson for them is applicable for us today. The issue at hand has existed from the beginning of time. There has always been a relationship between man and or woman, his and or her money, and our God. And even today, there is no escape from that relationship. Now, to mention that she put in small coins that were worth a few cents. So the mite, also known as the lepton, was a Jewish coin and the smallest used in the New Testament time. The quadrant, on the other hand, was um, a low-value Roman bronze coin worth one quarter. So we're not talking about a lot of money here. But the, but the main point is no subject is more practical than a study of a Christian and his money, his or her money. Why? Because each believer is faced with the ultimate decision about money and giving. There are two different kinds of wealth, material wealth and spiritual wealth. In Luke 12, chapter 12, verses 15 through 21, the New International Version reads, Then he said to them, Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. Verse 19 says, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20 says, but God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Verse 21 says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. God wants us to proper, prosper. He wants us to give as we prosper. And he loves a cheerful heart and a cheerful giver. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 67, New International Version, it reads, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God wants our hearts to be centered on spiritual things. Matthew 6.21, the New International Version says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God always wants spiritual wealth to take precedence over material wealth. God wants us to trust and obey him. So we know Christ is concerned about giving based on what we read in the Synoptic Gospels, Mark and Luke. And so the question at hand is, does God command us to give? Absolutely, he does. There are four types of giving within the Bible. The first one is the tithe. That's 10%. The second one is the seed and, seed and or offering, which is often considered the free will offering. It's over and above. The third type of giving is the first fruits, and that would be the first agricultural harvest. And then the fourth type of giving is the alms, which is inspired by compassion. Give to those who are less fortunate. How many of us have things stored away? We maybe didn't tear down an old shed and rebuild several sheds to house and store our things, but we have excess. We have excess in storage closets, in linen closets, in, in bathroom closets, in the basement, in cubby holes. We can name it. It goes on and on and on. And how many times do we distribute our wealth in the type of giving that's called alms? So it is important to note that the three types of giving, tithe, seed, and our offering, and first fruits, are given to God, and the one, which is the alms, is given to mankind. Everything we have, has God has given us. Bottom line, we are only giving back to him what he already owns and what is already his. We get it twisted by thinking we are the owners. And believe me, I've been there. But no, we're not the owners. We're the stewards of what God has blessed us with. Does our stewardship pass the test, the heart test? So some of us will say yes, some will say no, some will say I'm getting to that point where my heart is in the right place about giving and, and that's my desire. But let's talk a little bit about what causes us to hold on to what we have, to hold back and to skimp on what rightfully belongs to God. Here are some common excuses we offer up. Uh, for not giving back to God. And I didn't have to search far, you know, to, to, to come up with these. These are some things that came out of my mouth when I became a believer early on. I, I struggled as a single mom, and I had every excuse in the book until I learned the value of giving back to God what he has blessed me with. So what are some reasons? Well, I have bills to pay. I have to keep a roof over my head, food on the table, and the utilities on. It's my money, and I work for it, so I'm going to spend it how I please. Ah, I have no extra money this week. I don't know how the church money is being spent, so I'm going to hang on to my money. I get to charities all throughout the year. That should count. 
And then I know others who don't give as much as I give, and they prosper more than I do. And then here's another one. I need to think about my future and save for a rainy day. So what is the root of failure to give? What is the root problem? The symptom of a spiritual heart trouble. That's the answer. It's not the symptom that destroys us, though. It's the disease. Willingness to sacrifice is one of the tests of our love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, 23, 24 in the New International Version says, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What will it take for our hearts to yearn and desire to give back to God what is already his? For some, that is a tough question and causes internal struggle to ensue. For others, they recognize the blessings of spiritual wealth and choose a life of obedience and cheerfully give as they prosper or not out of abundance, but out of poverty. There's another story I want to share with you, and that's found in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and this is the New International Version, and it's about the widow's olive oil. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditors is coming to take my two sons as his slave. Verse 2 says, Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, well, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the drawers, and as each is filled, put it on the side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They bought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another. He replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. What are the seven lessons from the widow and the olive oil? This is quite interesting. When we're in trouble, seek godly wisdom to gain a new perspective. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two is use what you have to get what you need. How much excess do we have? Think about it. How much excess do you have? Number three is sow what you want, where you want to go. So you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. The widow only had one small jar of olive oil, yet she was instructed to pour it out. Don't be tempted to hold on to something because you can't see where the next supply will come from. God's math is different, and he will multiply your seed if you trust him. The fourth lesson is this poor widow woman became a distribution channel for the kingdom of God with just one small jar of oil. 
Lesson number five is she did not depend on just her own supply. She sought her neighbors and friends and their resources, and they invested in a new venture. Don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. The sixth lesson is she was quickly able to sell her product because she was providing something that everybody needed at that time. And then the lesson number seven is in the midst of her own problem, she was the solution. God gave her supernatural abundance, resources, and provisions because she obeyed his word. In this widow's embedded state, God made her an entrepreneur. She used what she had despite how weak and scared she felt, and the Lord turned her biggest misery into her greatest miracle, and he will do the same for us. So in conclusion, we are commanded to give. Yes, absolutely. We have much to give because God has abundantly blessed us. His promises to supply all our needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus, we can stand on that. Material wealth does not equate to spiritual wealth. A changed heart, a heart for God and his commandments is true spiritual worship. We can not only offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, but we can sacrificially give back to God out of our spiritual wealth. When we are rich spiritually, we see God for who he is. We don't doubt. We don't make excuses. We will not hoard or build another storehouse. We live open-handed and freely give as we prosper, and we give with a cheerful heart. So with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.